Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Guys, I am joined, as always, by Armani Buckets, Mr. Brandon Deutsch, and back from the great state of Mizzou, Miss <laughs> Kayla Kinnearum. Guys, how are we doing? How are you doing, Kayla? Welcome I'm back. I'm good. Thank you. I missed you all. It's so great to be back with you guys. Yeah, no, we, we missed you, Kayla. Um, how was home? It was so relaxing. I needed to go home and decompress, and Missouri will do that. Absolutely, absolutely. How's everybody else doing? I'm doing well. Glad to have you back, Kayla. How long How long were you home for? I was gone for, I think, five weeks. I left without a return flight. Like, I just didn't know when I was going to come back. I didn't need to be back until we had King stuff, so. So you have King stuff now. We're in the full swing, yeah. Yep. Preseason, yep. two preseason games go. last week. There we and go. And then the uh, home opener, it's, October it's, 11th. I was just about to say, it starts next Less week. Less than right? a week, yep. yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, I'm good. Glad to have you back, Kayla. It's going to be a fun show. Um, lots of it's. We're getting to that time where there's going to be all big four sports, right? All the, the things. It's the best time of the year. October is my favorite for sure. With that, let's go to the headlines brought to you by the Sporting Tribune. The Sporting Tribune is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in Southern California, Las Vegas, and Hawaii. No paywalls, guys. No clickbait. No pop-ups. My favorite. I love it when there's no pop-ups. Just your teams and a clean reading experience. Visit the sports trip sporting tribune.com today. Let's do this, Kayla. Well, guys, Aaron Judge broke Roger Maris's home run record with his 62nd home run, hallelujah, of the season. There's been some controversy, though, and some debate about whether this is the real home run record and whether this should be celebrated. Guys, do you think this is the rec- this record deserves to be acknowledged, yes or no? So I, I guess I'll just go first, but um, yeah, I'm all about... <laughs> This is not a very popular opinion. You ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So I'm all, I'm, I know, and I know it's not a popular opinion, but you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. The Patriots won two Super Bowls because they cheated. The like, There's multiple other guys out there. Barry Bonds, obviously, is the prime example of guys that are cheating and have, are on that record, right, um, at 72. So, yeah, I, I think it still needs to be discussed. I still think it's a great accomplishment, right? 62? I mean, which who have, uh, among us have, have 62 home runs in a season? I mean, it's phenomenal. But, yeah, I, I, I still think you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, and good, good on Barry Bonds for doing that. Wait, so are you accusing Aaron Judge of cheating or no? No, I am not accusing oh, him I of see. cheating. Okay. No, no, I think that he's doing this legit. I the mean, right he way. came. Yes, and he—if you think about it—he came to the league right, looking the way that he looked. Bonds did not. Like you obviously saw the jump <laughs> when when he started. Right, so let me ask you a question. I'll refrain yeah. from my thoughts on this for a second. Do you think that all of these superstars, Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, all these guys, hidden dingers, are taking some form of PED that the MLB doesn't know about yet? Oh, absolutely. There's always there's Pools. always some. 
Oh, a hunt? Are you kidding me? This guy was the worst player in the league a year ago. I mean, they're juicing the balls for Pujols for sure. Every time he plays, they're changing a ball or something when he's up at the plate. Who knows? Right. You There's, sound salty, Brandon. <laughs> I'm not salty. I just know when he played for the Angels, he was the worst player of all time. What can I say? He was old. St. Louis brings it out in him. That is well, true. Well, that was his it, original home, too. So. Yes, but like 23 home runs this season? Like, you're joking, right? For a guy who's like 48, he says he's 42, but we haven't seen his birth certificate. He's 48 years old almost, like, which is more remarkable. More remarkable, but still, I think they're juicing the balls. That's a whole different conspiracy, though. Yeah, I mean, I think there's always, here's the thing with PEDs, there's always something brand new and on the come up that Major League Baseball or any kind of Major League doesn't know about, right? So there's always going to be people trying to take advantage of the system. So I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I, again, not a person, not a popular opinion, but good on them for trying. <laughs> it, it sounds like hating to, to not give Judge his credit because it's been such a fantastic season, but this is not the home run record. I mean, yeah. right, a lot right. of people are, are going against it and saying, why are we celebrating it? And I'm completely in that camp because you have multiple guys. It's not just one person. You have multiple people that have outdone this season, and it's just because it's the American League record that people are giving it kudos. And again, fantastic season, but yeah, I, I'm not... I'm not really moved I, by it. I think it's it's a great storyline. This is great to expand the sport of baseball, having this superstar. I mean, and whether or not, yeah, I mean, Barry Bonds has the record, you know, with Roids, everyone knows that, but hey, that it, he still hit 72 home runs, right? And who knows that these players aren't getting some sort of PEDs. Obviously, Judge has always been that big. Barry Bonds turned it, I mean, you couldn't even see his neck. He had no yeah. neck after like a couple years, and this was a guy who had 30 steals a year. I mean, that was a different kind of juice. So, I mean, this is that more impressive for Aaron Judge in the time I don't think people realize this the argument isn't like does he have the home run record he has the AL home run home run record no one thought Roger Maris would ever be beaten with 61 home runs and that's an accomplishment in and of itself and baseball needs to really push this as far as it can because that is such a big accomplishment the thing is the baseballs like I said they're juiced for pool holes but this is a this is the best pitching anybody's ever seen in my opinion so, I mean, it's one of those things like they call this a dead ball era. The second person in home runs has what, 42, 43? Judge has 20 more, right? So this is that more impressive. If Judge played in 2002 or one or whenever Bonds hit those 72, Judge would have 78 home runs straight up. I, I mean, you, you think that he would have those home runs naturally? Yes. Back in 2001? Oh, but I, I mean, not naturally, but I'm just, I'm just saying like, it was a different form of the game. You know what I'm saying? Like there was more, he would be taking PEDs then. Everyone did, right? But the, those types of roids they had back then. But it's also one of those things like he's one of the most, the dude's 6'8", 250. I mean, here's the other thing you know? too, is that I think a lot of people don't realize with time comes advancements in technology, advancements in treatment, advancements. I mean, like LeBron, LeBron James is spending over a million dollars on recovery equipment. Same thing with Tom Brady, right? So yeah. we, we are treating our bodies differently now than we did back then, right? So there's a, there's a yeah. different science to, you know, the treatment of our bodies and everything. So I, I think with that, that probably also helps. I mean, guys are actually doing yoga now, which only one team did that. Um, to elongate the muscles and stretch the muscles, which, by the way, I highly recommend yoga. Everybody do it. It's yes, awesome. Yes. Uh, guys and women, don't <laughs> don't care what your gender, do yoga. It'll benefit you and el elongate your life for forever. Um, 
yeah so i mean there's different there's different things that are going on right now in our technology and um being able to do all that so and elongate your career well, I'm just glad that we don't have to have any more cut-ins of Judge and College Football Saturdays. If we wanted to watch baseball, we would be watching baseball. What are we doing? Expanding the game to the younger generation who doesn't care about baseball. All right. Well, the MLB postseason bracket is set, and the Dodgers will either face the Mets or the Padres in the NLDS. How confident are you guys going into the playoffs about the Dodgers? You know what? I'm still not as confident um, only because this has happened before for the Dodgers, I think. And it's it's all about cl- um, closing out and it's all about pitching right now. Right, Brandon? So I, yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm not as confident, I think, as everybody else is in the Dodgers. I'm not confident at all because of the pitching. I mean, besides Urias, who led the league in ERA. Who's pitching game two? Kershaw, who's had his postseason struggles. And I know he, you know, in the in the shortened season, he put those aside and pitched very well. But he's still older, has a ton of innings on his belt. I mean, people forget he's pitching the MLB since he was 19 years old. The only American pitcher in recent memory that's been up at 19 and who knows how long. Like, that just doesn't happen anymore. The Dominicans, they get signed to, like, 15. So they're in the league by, like, 19, 20 a lot of times. But a lot of the Americans don't get to the league till 22. He's been pitching since 19, 19 years old in the MLB. And he's been dominant for every year. And now he's in his 30s and he's, like going into his mid-30s almost soon. It's one of those things where his body continues to break down, and I hope he pitches well, but I'd be lying if the Dodgers... I'd be lying if I'm not concerned about them probably playing the New York Mets in the DS, not even the CS. So even if you beat the Mets, you get past DeGrom and Scherzer in the DS, assuming the Mets beat the overrated Padres, who I don't think have a shot, quite frankly, even though the Mets have lost a lot of games recently. They have no shot against DeGrom Scherzer in Bassett, in my opinion, 0% chance, close to. I mean, obviously anything can happen to baseball, but... I mean, I think Scherzer will hit his stride as we've we've seen yeah. in the past as well, right? And I so think will as long DeGrom. as you yeah, so and as long as you don't overextend him, so he'll be fine. Here's the problem: you put all your marbles on the table against the Mets and the DS. And this is what happened against um, against the Braves last year after they put all their marbles against the Giants. They got tired. They their hitters were tired. Their pitchers were tired, and they got outplayed by the Braves. We could see the same thing happen if they beat the Mets. They go into that Braves series and the Braves just kick their butt because the Braves have an easy series against the, no offense, Uh, the Cardinals. I was just going to say, what if it's the Cardinals? I want a Dodgers-Cardinals I hope so. I hope so, Kayla. I am tired of the Braves after they won. I don't like repeated champions. I'm kind of tired of the Braves. Even if the repeated champions would be your team? I mean, but the Angels are never repeating as champions. I, I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there. What it like? You know, so are you, <laughs> I mean, you going to retract that once, once the angel, if the Angels win back to back? Once? Oh my! What or world it, are we I living said in? If, I'm going to see if. a unicorn before the Angels <laughs> win back to back world champions. I mean, everyone's talking about. Hey, at least the you saw an Angels championship. I was three. Yeah. This was in 2002. I was born in '99. Okay, this isn't like I oh, was God, a fan. I feel so old now. <laughs> I mean, this was like yeah, they beat Bonds. That was the year he had 72 home runs. Congrats! That was a great. Angels team. We haven't been good really since. We haven't been dominant since, right? We had a couple in the thousand, the two thousands, but we really need to. Beside the point, <laughs> the Cardinals are a tough out, and so are the Braves. Even whoever they play, right? Thank the you. Cardinals are yeah. good, but I just think the Braves are just better than the Cardinals. No offense, the Cardinals have hitting, pitching. I don't know. The Cardinals are going to win the World Series, you guys, because it's Pujols's, it's possible, Wainwright and Yachty's last season so all you together. Think, you They're going to go out on. You top. think the Illuminati's just fixing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's possible. 100%. Like the home run story? Judge versus Pools in the finals? 
I mean, in the, not the finals, the World Series. <laughs> Got his mind on basketball. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of that, let's go to the next headline. Yes, guys, all eyes were on the two top prospects in next year's NBA draft, Victor Wenbanyama and Scoot Henderson, as their teams Metropolitans 92 and G League Ignite faced off in Vegas last night. Wenbanyama scored 37 points and was 7 of 11 from the floor with five blocks. Henderson had 28 points, nine assists, and two steals. What are your thoughts on these two top prospects? Oh my God. I mean, I've seen film on both these guys, but oh my God. I'm like over the top through the roof impressed. I'm not talking about 7-4, being able to dunk and all these other things down low. That kid, Victor has that shot. He is going to be better than KD. Yeah. Whoa. Like, absolutely no hands down. I don't care what anybody says. The He's kid's got a 18. better jumper than KD. Absolutely, and you can't block that thing. You There's couldn't no block KD. You, you can't block Victor. He was absolutely bringing the not. ball up. Yes. At seven yeah. foot four. Oh my god. And gosh, I know phenomenal. he's gonna get out out physical than like the you know he's gonna get bodied his first couple he needs of years to gain like some LBs, but like they call Chet discount when Binyama and Chet's probably a perennial all star. That's how good when but when Binyama is. When Chet is gonna be healthy. I mean he's hurt for the whole year. Same same thing, like he's gonna get bodied a bit by bigs, but you don't even have to play him against the bigs. He can guard the three, right? Four. I have a quick question. Do you guys think running out the gate he's gonna be great? Because these kids yes. need like three years. They need three of, years to develop their game in the NBA. Because of his shot blocking ability and his three point shooting. I mean, you could just. Eat. Did you see what Ar- Armand, when we were in Vegas, I don't. GA, were you at that? Yeah, you were at yeah, that. Yeah, I game. was at that game. When we saw Jabari Smith yes. and what they did with him, uh, when, you know, he's kind of skinny. He was facing some bigger dudes. They just made him 3 and D. At worst, when Binyama's a 20 point per game scorer as a rookie at 3 and D. But when we saw that game, he was playing against, like, yes, he was playing against other pros, like actual other pros, but he was mainly playing against guys that had just, were just like him playing out, like just had left college, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So that, that I'm kind of, that I'm, that's my only concern is that no. when he actually gets to the league, I like think, if he's going to get bodied like that. So we saw the generational guys usually make an impact right away. LeBron, you know, yes, nine, what is he, 20 points per game as a rookie? Like close I to it. So, Luca, yeah. close to 20 points per game as a rookie. Um, KD, close to 20 points per game as a rookie. And then it's going to be Wenbanyama. Okay, so I, I, and I agree with you. I think that points wise, absolutely, he's going, that shot is phenomenal. Exactly. Like, it's great. He's unguardable. He's, def- he's definitely going to be hitting from the outside. He's going to be able to bring the ball up. I 100% agree with you on that. But my only situation, or my only gripe is that. He's just, he looks so frail. <laughs> like, yes, he's 7'4", and he's a, a stick, but, like, he just looks so frail that, like, you're, he's going to What, is break. he supposed to look like Big Baby Davis at 7'4"? <laughs> yes. I mean, like, come, yes. yes. You know how hard that is? The taller you are, it's ta- it's harder to get big. No, I agree. I, I dated a guy that's 6'9", and he, like, he it was really difficult for him to put on weight. Did he weight. have malnutrition issues? No, he did not. All right. Um, no, but it's, it's just harder for guys to put on weight. That's just a fact. Like, yeah, especially men, the taller it, they are. Yes. Yes, it's just. Katie still looks like he's ten with his muscle definition. But he's. But again, he can still body and be down there, and and he yeah, has adjusted got, to the league. That's what I'm saying is that this yeah. kid's gonna take a little time to adjust to the. I league. don't know. That skill set is something we've never seen. Skills different than body though. But that. But that's just my. That's just my take. But on I that. just so think, Armand, you know this. His skill set will translate right away. No. Yes. So your concern is injury prone. Absolutely. Which yes. which makes sense. I mean, given that size, that frame, it makes sense. It's just like he has a, a the way that he plays the game. He plays it 
like a big man. And when he gets down there, he's not afraid to like bang down low and post up. And his his moves, even for his size and for his age, are so advanced in the mid post. He's catching the ball. He's facing up. He's jab stepping his defender and he's getting to his spots. You don't see that from rookies, let alone guys that are not even in the NBA, let alone for his size. This is something that we have never seen before. And all that talk goes to show, by the way, Scoot Henderson in most other drafts is a number one pick. We're about to see some of the nastiest stuff we've ever seen in the NBA this season. The ratings were kind of dipping a little bit and they have been dipping. And the regular season, I don't know what's about to happen because you're going to have so many teams, probably 10 teams, 10, 11 teams that are eventually going to say, this is not worth it. Why are we chasing the plan? Let's go and drop Oh, you're going to see a lot of people. A lot of people. Do the Bulls have their pick? Uh, if we finish in the top four, so we would have so to really trade tank. everybody. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I think they're going to try to start the season with trying to win games. You're going to see this a lot. I mean, Oklahoma yeah. City. Could you imagine Chet with Victor, and then you have those two? We've never seen I, a, a duo like that. Now and we're that's, talking. Oh my God! No, if that if that does happen, that's an embarrassment of riches. Like I, you guys no. have really got to take. I think in order it's. For I think it's. Happen, I think it's just meant to be in the stars and destiny that he he's a San Antonio Spur. I just think it's going to happen. Oh, as a Laker fan, why are you saying that? I hate it. I hate it. But like literally when San Antonio wants something, they get it. I don't know why. I don't know how, but they've decided to tank and somehow the stars and the luck will be in their favor and they'll get the number one pick. I just hope I mean, it's not a, a poverty orc, and I won't go into those organizations, <laughs> you know, but you know what I'm talking about. Like, I hope it's not a poverty orc. And, and the Spurs, you can hate them all you want as a Laker fan. They're not a poverty orc. And the other possibility no, is if the Lakers really fail this season, there's a possibility that that pick that they traded Pelicans. for Davis goes to the Pelicans. And then they have Zion, Wenbanyama. And <laughs> How crazy would that be? I mean, if the Lakers pick Ingram. from this season goes to New Orleans, I don't even know what Laker fans are going to do. They're going to revolt somehow. I mean, that would be one of the biggest NBA blunders, even though they won a championship out of it. If you traded away the pick that ends up being Wembenyama, you'll never live that down. You'll never forget it. That goes for everybody. If some some team had traded a pick and that goes into the top four, like that's going to go for everybody as like a blunder. And Armand's right. We talk about Wembenyama. Yes, might be the best prospect ever. Definitely the best since LeBron. But at the same time, Scoot Henderson is also like the fourth best prospect since LeBron, maybe, you know, fifth. Like it's crazy. It's insane. Yeah, no, his handles are his handles are sick. This is Westbrook with a jumper. Yeah. yeah. Hello. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up on a high note. The Raiders play the Chiefs on Monday night football next week. The Chiefs may be the best team in the NFL, and the Raiders are one in three. What do the Raiders need to do this week to prepare for their division rivals? I think that the biggest thing anytime you play Kansas City is going to be controlling the game on the ground. Take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands control the game pound the rock now the question is do the Raiders have what it takes to do that historically against Mahomes no they do not and Kayla you know about that you guys have the Raiders number right what do you think we do um well our running game was big last week I don't think Pat threw the ball downfield I don't know what the stat was exactly but um we were running the ball a lot more than usual and that's just something that's happening league-wide this year so I just, I don't think the Raiders have a chance. What's, <laughs> so yeah. what's, what's your official score prediction? Oh my gosh, I haven't even thought about this yet. I mean, we put up over 41, 40 on the yeah. box. Like, oh. The Raiders, I, I'm, I'll say we'll put up 40 again, okay. at least. 
So there's a lot of talk right now. We haven't heard your thoughts on this about Lamar versus maybe Mahomes versus Allen in the MVP debate. Where are you? Right, it's early, but where are you? Is Mahomes the okay, MVP? Don't of the be league? biased. Don't be biased. Because Lamar has been incredible. I know. It's just what Pat's able to do. He's in a league of his own. Like I just whether or not he gets the MVP. Does he just run the because, football? You know. Yeah. Yeah, he, oh, but not as but not as much as Lamar. But, but again, Lamar is supposed to be Let's talk about this for a second. I think Patrick Mahomes. If you're starting an organization, you started around Patrick Mahomes. How much time we have, GA? Just just wondering. We only have One minute. Minute. All right, guys. I'm going to say this real quick. Lamar Jackson has zero weapons, and he's still doing everything. Zero. Rashad Bateman is he's his also, number one receiver. He's but, also in a contract year. So well, well, Mark Andrews is his, is a weapon. I get it, but he also makes Mark Andrews Mark Andrews. Let's be real. And he can run the football better than any quarterback we've ever seen. But at the same time, I agree with you. I'll go Mahomes right now. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still sticking with Allen, even though they've they've been botching it as as of late. I'm no, still he sucked with the Allen. past couple weeks. He won't get yeah, Gabe Davis involved. Weeks, Gabe Davis is that dude, and he doesn't give him involved. I'm I'm heated. I'm heated. Okay, well, let's leave it there for now, guys. When we come back, we'll be joined by Mr. Grant Mona when we return on the Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show, guys. Presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have any questions or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, we have Kings tickets. Call our hotline at 310-400-0340. Again, that number is 310-400-0340. Also, don't forget to email us at Arash Markazi Show at gmail.com. That is all lowercase A-R-A-S-H-M-A-R-K-A-Z-I-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Okay. Let's get out there to the Sporting Tribune guest hotline. The Sporting Tribune, again, is your go-to destination for the best coverage of your favorite teams in Southern California, Las Vegas, and Hawaii. No paywalls, no ads, no autoplay videos. Just your teams and a clean reading experience. Visit thesportingtribune.com today. And here we have two days in a row, Mr. Grant Mona. Grant, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be back again. Um it was actually insane to see Victor Webb and Yama and Scoot Henderson go after it. And it's like more entertaining than preseason yesterday. So there's a lot of great things happening in basketball and I'm excited, man. Yeah. Well with that, let's, let's just jump right into Victor Webb and Yama and uh, Scoot Henderson. What are your, um, obviously your thoughts were high on Victor. Um, What are your thoughts Mm -hmm. on Scoot? Scoot was, I mean, he kind of matched him there for a little bit. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's funny because a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, who's going to be number one? I think we all know that Victor, Victor Webb and Yama is going to be number one. But the consolation prize you get for the number two pick is Scoot Henderson. And that's an amazing consolation prize for anyone that gets that number two pick. Um, and he looked really good. You know, he kind of reminds me of like what Colin Sexton looked like out of college. But he has a much better jumper. He looks a lot more poised. He has a lot more dribbling talent than I think uh, Colin Sexton did. And he just looks really, really intense. And that's what I really liked about Scoot watching him yesterday is 
he really wanted to make a statement that like, Hey, I can be the number one pick too. It's not just Victor. Like I have the chance to do that too. And you know, he had 27 points, Victor had 30 or 28, Victor had 37. It was such an amazing battle for a game that not many people really knew about until it was actually on. Like I saw a lot of people like tuning in being like, Hey, this is actually an awesome do. It's like everything we wanted and better. I mean, Victor Webanyama had seven threes, five blocks, I mean, that guy's an absolute monster. He looks like KD handling out there, but if KD was like 7'3", which is insane. So these are two of the best prospects I've seen in a long time, and it's, it's exciting for basketball because now everyone's saying, like, who should tank for him? What do you, what would, you, would you give up, like, a star to get that pick? And it's crazy that we're even thinking about that. Yeah, and Grant, um, I, just, I told you this last night through text, but I just feel like this is the closest thing since like a LeBron James type of prospect where you get them and you're almost, I wouldn't say guaranteed a championship, but guaranteed a core to have to build around for a championship, right? Because he's just that good. The skills of KD, right, with the shooting, seven foot right. two, three, whatever, long wingspan, block shots, like... I won't say I'm not going to give Gobert credit. Giannis on Giannis Giannis on, on Tedekumpo, not Gobert. Go, we all know Gobert what he turns into in the playoffs. We all know, and I can't believe Minnesota traded all their depth for him. They're going to suck. Um, but that's that's a different point. Man, I could talk about Gobert and how overrated he is all day. And I know the stats. I'm a stats guy, and the stats go against that. But there's just something you see when you watch basketball, and that guy just disappears in the playoffs. Regardless, when Binyama and Scoot are two of the top 15 prospects and or 10 prospects in like 20, 30 years. And it's crazy that this is the best one-two punch ever. Excited to see a round two of this. I wanted to ask you about the Clippers. You know, you saw Kawhi mm-hmm. play. You saw Paul George play in their preseason game. They looked great. John Wall, too. What are your thoughts entering this season? What do you expect to be their strength and their weakness? Yeah, the, you know, the strengths are obviously the star power and the depth, right? You know, you, you, you have kind of the roster that everyone would want. You have a great coach, you have the depth, you have the stars. That's kind of their strength. What their weakness is, is I'd say probably a backup center. Now, a lot of people are going to say, okay, well, you know, and also health, but I'll get to that a little bit. But, you know, you always want to have a backup center. Last year was Isaiah Hardenstein, who, you know, Hardenstein looked amazing. He, he had played his first game for the Knicks uh, last night, and he looked absolutely amazing. It, it, it hurt. It really hurt to let Hardenstein go. Um, but, you know, Somebody brought up something yesterday is that John Wall, if we didn't sign John Wall, we probably would have had the money for Isaiah Hartenstein. And that's kind of going to the fact that, hey, John Wall, you got to prove that. Like, because we could have had Hartenstein back, but we, we chose you because we wanted a point guard. So the Clippers kind of made that decision based on, okay, we've wanted a point guard for so long to set up Kawhi and Paul George. They finally got that point guard. But you know, the thing with it is you have to have a backup center. And, you know, Moses Brown, you know, I know, Brandon, you love Moses Brown, but he's really not the answer yet. You know, you could go small ball. You could, you know, they have plenty of wings to put at that five for a backup. They could go Morris, Covington, Batum. But, you know, will that stand up against teams that are taller, you know, like Gobert? I know you don't like Gobert, and I know you don't like the Timberwolves, but a lot of teams still have that traditional backup center, you know, are you going to see that? Yes, they have Zubats, and Zubats is, is very good in what he does and in his role. But you know, down the stretch, I assume they're going to go small, and you know that's that may pose. It, it may not. You know, you can always go five out and go on the perimeter. But you know, Ty Lue is very smart, and I'm assuming he's going to figure it out. But you know, that's probably one of my main concerns going into the year is like you don't have that solidified backup five. You know, they did draft Musa Diabate, but he's not really the size contender to to go up against some of these guys. 
And, you know, second thing is health. That, that's probably one of the main concerns is health. Obviously, we, we're all talking about it. But it seems like the guys have put in a lot of work in the weight room this offseason. You know, Paul George actually looks a little bit bigger. Terrence Mann got a little bit bigger. Kawhi looks like a monster. Um, and he looks pretty good coming off of uh, uh, an ACL injury. He looked pretty good in that first preseason game. I'm just excited to see John Wall play with the starters in this next preseason game. He didn't really get a chance to last game. I really want to see him in that starting unit, starting the game, see how he can get them in their spots, and, you know, take it from there. But, you know, Kawhi said something yesterday. There was an interview with Clutch Points that, you know, it's going to be a work in progress. It's not going to be something that just happens over, you know, we're not great right now. It's something that's going to take a long time to get, you know, get right. And, you know, by the playoffs, he, he does believe that it's going to be awesome. But, you know, I agree with him. Like, it's not going to be something that just happens like that. And that's why I don't really think that they're going to have a one or two seed. They'll probably slot into that three or four. Yes, they're probably one of the better teams, but I think they're going to slot into that three or four seed just because they're going to kind of coast and make sure that they're healthy going into the playoffs. Grant, I have one more Clipper question for you. Everybody's been talking about their depth. Do you think with all that depth, somebody will be left out of the regular rotation? And if so, who do you think that would be? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's, there's going to be have to be somebody. And, and in my opinion, it's probably going to be either Luke Kennard or, or Amir Coffey. Um, you know, and it's so unfortunate because those guys were such an integral part of the team last year. You know, they were, you know, main rotation guys with everyone out. And, you know, Luke Kennard is a sharpshooter. He led the league in three-point percentage at 45.3%. And he's one of those guys that would probably fit perfect around Kawhi and Paul George. So, you know, but you, you got to understand that Terrence Mann is a wing. He's a wing that, that can play very good defense. Luke Kennard's defense is not that great. Terrence Mann's defense is very good. His playmaking is very good. Um, he can rebound the ball pretty well. He can, you know, push the ball in transition. So I think they'll lean more towards Terrence Mann as opposed to Luke Kennard and Amir Coffey. But it just goes to show, like, when Kawhi and Paul George are out, and I'm assuming they will be, you know, for rest for a lot of the year, you're going to have those guys be in there, and that's not a bad thing. You're going to have Luke Kennard and Amir Coffey get minutes into those slots that Kawhi and Paul George aren't in, and, you know, probably Nick Batum and Marcus Moore Sr. So you're going to have those two guys, which is why you love the depth. I mean, I just hope that it doesn't, you know, their egos don't get in the way to where it's like, okay, I want my minutes, because Norman Powell, has already said that he wants to be an all-star, which I don't think he will be just because there's so many, so much great talent in the West. But he's already come out and said, like, I want to be an all-star. I want to be in the starting lineup. It's kind of, you know, I, I don't really like that statement, but, you know, I see where he's coming from. I understand what he wants to do. But, um, you know, you have to understand that there's going to be a lot of guys getting rest. The depth is going to be very critical in the regular season to fill in those spots. But in the postseason, yeah, there's going to be guys left out of the out of the, the rotation, and that's perfectly fine, honestly, as a Clipper fan. I don't mind seeing that. Grant, it's Kayla here. Um, we have a big divisional game coming up Monday night between the Chiefs and Raiders. Do you think the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL? Um, yeah, I actually do. You know, I, I actually thought it, it was the Bills at the beginning of the year, um, but, you know, the Bills have kind of, you know, they had some injuries in the secondary, which has kind of taken a toll on their defense. Um, but the Chiefs, I mean, we all thought you know, the loss of Tyreek Hill would be the end of them. It's not. I mean, it's really not. If you, if you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey with a decent defense, you're going to get the job done, and that's what they've done so far. I mean, they blew out the Buccaneers, who we think is a contender. I don't know if anyone else does, but you know, everyone's putting them still in that contender uh, situation. And you know, the Chiefs have, you know, they beat the chart. I mean, they're really proven that you know, one player, one star is really not going to hinder them. 
And, you know, they added Juju Smith-Schuster, who really hasn't gotten going. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is probably the main point of that football team that's actually got them into the spot that they're at right now. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I have him on my fantasy team. He's giving me 20 fantasy points a week almost. And he's getting touchdowns a game. He's, you know, in the passing game, and the running game. So, you know, it's really, they're kind of using him as, a, as another receiver to fill in that Tyreek Hill role. And Andy Reid's such a great coach that it's really not that big of a deal, you know, um, that you lose. Yeah, Tyreek Hill's electric. He's a very good playmaker. But with that offense and the way it's running with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, you're always going to have a chance. You're always going to be a contender. So I do think that they're the number one team right now. Obviously, things can change. It's very early, you know. And, and the Eagles, they have a very good case for it, too. They're, only, they're still the only undefeated team left. But, you know, there's a lot of questions with them. They haven't been there before. They're very young. So, yes, the Chiefs are number one. And, I, you know, the Bills, they're not – I'm not writing them off. It's just that the Chiefs, they're solid. They run a title. They know what they're doing. They're the number one team right now. All right, Grant, I wanted to ask you about your Rams. They're playing the Cowboys. I know your Ooh. thoughts from yesterday. You think they're going to lose. I don't know why everyone's – Armand said this doom and gloom. They played a really good 49ers defense. And, yeah, their offensive line sucks, but they still have weapons. You know what I'm saying? They still have a good defense. Right, they didn't play terrible against yeah. the 49ers defensively. They're playing the Cowboys, who haven't played anybody, by the way, besides the Buccaneers, who smacked them in Week One. Right, so like, yeah, they haven't played anybody. Everyone's like in the media talking about how great they are, and it's like, yeah, they have a good defense, but dude, I do not trust that team. I still think they're only winning nine games. I think they lose the Rams. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, the Cowboys—they're on a hot streak right now. Obviously, Cowboys Nation—they're they're on fire right now because Cooper Rush is the second coming of Jesus right now. So, you know, everybody is kind of, you know, up in arms about that thinking, Oh, did Dak lose a spot? Dak did not lose his spot. They're paying him way too much money for him to lose his spot. But the Rams, you know, going up against the Cowboys, look, you got to understand the Cowboys defense isn't anything to, to take lightly either. The Cowboys defense is pretty good. And Michael Parsons is that guy. Like he's that guy. He's, proven it over this year to be that that edge rusher that we didn't even see last year because he was in the linebacker role and you know you have Trayvon Diggs at the at the end in the secondary he had an interception last week so it's not going to be easy again and you know the Rams lost Shelton to a, a high ankle sprain he's out for four to six weeks the Rams offensive line is just not it this year and you know last year they they were very lucky they got healthy they had they had a healthy offensive line they had Andrew Whitworth but it did something, you know, Allen Robinson isn't getting off on his routes. He's not creating separation. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup's the only guy that's getting any targets. He had, what, 15 targets? Or, sorry, 15 yeah. receptions, whatever it was, something crazy. Obviously, he's going to get his yardage, but, you know, that's why that pick six happened yesterday. Brandon, you know this, is that you're just going to expect him to throw with the cup every time. That's not a good solution for an offense. And the running game isn't that great. Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson have been stagnant just because I think it is because of that offensive line. They're not creating holes. They're not, you know, getting those open runs that they used to get last year. And, you know, that's a bad recipe for a team that's going up against a defense that's really good. It's not, you know, it's not the Niners defense, obviously, but those Cowboys, that defense is really good. I'm just, uh, you know, it's going to be a Cowboys home game. I think we all know that. It's unfortunate that that's how it is at SoFi Stadium. That's how it is uh, in L.A. right now. But it's going to be a Cowboys home game. So you're probably going to have to go to the silent count with a brand-new center. It just seems like a recipe for disaster. Yes, the Rams' defense is, is pretty good, but they're they're banged up too, and they haven't proven them, themselves in the secondary either. Jalen Ramsey has not looked like himself, so there's a ton of, like I just said, there's a ton of question marks, so I wouldn't be so sure of a Rams win. You know, it, 
I do think that the game's going to be close. It's not going to be a blowout in the Cowboys' favor, but you know, there's a ton of questions on the Rams' side. Where on the Cowboys' side, they're they're firing on all cylinders. Well, I wanted to uh, continue on with this question as well, or continue on with the Rams for like a second, um, specifically because there's a possibility they're not ruling it out that Dax might come back for this specific game. Um, if he does. What do you, what do you, do you automatically think like hands down, they're going to get blown out um, then if, if the tie changes with that quarterback, with the Cowboys quarterback? No, no, no I, I th- honestly, I think Cooper Rush is the better option, right? I, I'd rather go, I'd rather have Dak be absolutely fully healthy uh, for the Cowboys than rush him back. Yeah. You know, no pun intended, rush him back <laughs> um, and, and get him back into the game, you know, for this game. Look, they're on a four game winning streak, whatever it is. They're, they're doing okay. They're doing okay. They're, they're, they're hanging in there. Cooper Rush isn't the long-term deal for them. But, you know, Dak Prescott rushing him back at the end of this game, don't do it. Leave him out for another week. Um, if Dak Prescott plays, he's probably not going to look that great. He really isn't. It, it's been a while. He's got that, that hand. You know, you don't know how the hand's going to respond in a full game yet. Um, you know, you don't really know how he's going to play with that offense and, and against a, a pretty good defense in the Rams. So Cooper Rush has been prepared. He's healthy. He's throwing the ball really well. I think they have a better chance with him this week. Honestly, I think I think you you leave Dak Prescott out until you play like one of the lower tier teams and let him get his feet under and let him you know get back into game shape. Um, but you know if Dak Prescott's in there, it's, uh, I think they have a worse chance. Honestly, I just think that Cooper Rush is is doing it right now for them and that he's probably the better option this week. So um, yeah, their offense flows pretty nicely with Cooper Rush. He's probably going to get a job after this somewhere. I don't know where, but uh, yeah, Cooper Rush is probably the answer this week. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely agree with you. Like, keep that momentum going. Um, I also wanted to talk to you about McVay and that play calling. God, it is awful. Mm-hmm. So what um, what do you think yeah. needs to, what do you think needs to be changed um, as far as the offense is concerned in the play calling? Like, do, does McVay need to maybe lighten the reins a little bit or what do you think? Well, no, I, I just think, you know, Last year was so dynamic. You ran jet sweeps with Cooper Cup, you know, and obviously, you know, the, the absence of Van Jefferson is is kind of proven big because you know he was a pretty big part of that jet sweep offense that they ran. That kind of dynamic, you know, short pass, long throw. You know, he's a deep threat too. So, you know, the absence of him is is, is pretty significant. But you know, with Sean McVay, it just seems like people are figuring him out. Defensive coordinators are kind of figuring him out. And it's probably due to the fact that he keeps the, that Stafford keeps throwing the Cooper Cup every time he hikes the ball. But you know they have to get other people involved. I don't care what it is, get somebody else involved. Yes, Tyler Higby's been involved, and he's a pretty good tight end. But you can't just rely on Cooper Cup and Higby to get you through a game. You signed Allen Robinson to a three-year, whatever, what millions and millions and millions of dollar deal. Get him involved in any way. Use him in a, a jet sweep role. I don't care. Get him involved some way. Get him downfield. Let him get a chance. He only had a couple targets even. I think he had five targets, and he only had two receptions. So you got to get somebody else involved. you got to get dynamic again like you did last year. And I know that the, the options aren't available there. You know, you, you have Ben Skoranek, who's a fullback now, and he's a thin wide receiver, and they're using him as a fullback. That's how dire things are right now. So I understand, like, Sean McVay doesn't have much to work with, but you got to get more dynamic. You can't just make the same – crossing routes that Cooper Cup has all the time, the same out routes, the same drop routes that Cooper Cup goes through and expect, you know, your offense to flow like that. You know, in the run game, I, 
<laughs> I've lost all confidence in the run game, but <laughs> try to establish that. Try to get try to get something going. You have this is the game. You're back at home. You got to get something going against a pretty formidable opponent. So I'm not really out on Sean McVay. I just think that he needs to get back to what they did last year. Become more dynamic. Get your better play calling. You know, it, he's one of the best coaches in the league. We all know that. Be that again. You know, I I, I don't want to I don't want to pin it down to Kevin O'Connell leaving to the Vikings. Maybe that's it, but. Sean McVay's smart enough to figure it out. All right, Grant, last question here. I wanted to ask you about the Lakers who are playing the third, well, the team that lost to the 36ers, what what (laughs) I was going to say, the Suns tonight. What do you expect to see from the Lakers tonight? What do you want to see? I want to see, well, what I'd like to see is, well, honestly, the Suns, I think, are going to come out with a vengeance. I don't know if their starters are playing. If the starters play, the Lakers are in trouble because that team, I mean, that team should have, all of the momentum going behind them tonight. Um, but the Lakers, what I want to see is more of the bench unit kind of working cohesively. I don't know who's going to play and who's not. I didn't really look at the reports. I don't know if they're out yet. But if Lonnie Walker plays, I'd really like to see him. Um, if Troy Brown Jr. plays, I'd like to see him play. Um, you know, I don't know if any of the starters are playing, but if the starters do play, I'd like to see more of like what I said yesterday. I want to see Russell Westbrook get into the paint. I want to see him catch that ball and drive. I don't want to see him play around the perimeter. I don't want to see him take mid-range jumpers that go off the side of the backboard. His strength is getting to the rim and using that athleticism to get to the rim. And, you know, Anthony Davis, I want to see him dominate DeAndre Ayton because I know he can, and I know everyone in that studio knows that he can. I want to see him play like he's on a revenge tour, and I expect LeBron to play very well. I really do. Their defense is going to be good, but their shooting has to improve. I I just want to see how the Suns respond. I want to see how the Lakers respond from that blowout loss. It wasn't the starters' fault, but I want to see that unit play competitively against a very good team in the Suns still. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be very fun, but I'm really excited for it. Yeah, no, I think we all want to see Anthony Davis play his heart out, at least for one quarter. Right. Like just like, yeah, show us, show exactly. us something, right. Just show us a little right. bit of something. Well, Grant, thank you so much for your time. Two days in a row, man. I love it. I love yeah. it. Um, thank you guys. No, thank you. Well, that's all the time we got for today, guys. Let's do it again. Manana until then, this is the Arash Markazi show saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi show on the mightier 1090 ESPN radio. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces, shed tears as we worry brothers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.